In this week's episode, we talk to Pradeep Jr., a tattoo artist in Indranagar, Bangalore, his amazing dedication to fitness and his craft. We also answer two of your questions in the mailbag. And in Letters to Myself, I talk about anxiety attacks and cardio. All this and more in today's Everyday People. Everyday People Tuesdays at 10 or is it the TXU show? I don't know. I don't know how to do branding. Uh, my name is Webhav. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. What's new with you TXU is a segment I'm adding about what have you done this week. So uh, after last week's episode, I published a blog post five guidelines to make your best work easier on Friday. I've been publishing a blog post every Friday. I started this one with the idea of more like hacks and mindset. But it became an article about your relationship with work and your relationship with yourself. Really enjoying writing stuff like this. Got some feedback on it. Uh, in, I think I want to note here. Uh, so I classify, you know, your audience, uh, a writer's audience in three levels. So level zero is not counted. Level zero is when you're not writing. But if you're writing consistently, level one is when people read your stuff, but they don't really interact with you. That means your stuff is not particularly great. Level two is when people like your stuff enough to text you in private. And that's where I am. So I got a few private texts. I've been that way for uh, a few years now. Level three is when you write something so resonant that people share it without asking you. They just share it across to somebody else. And that's where I want to reach. So uh, with consistent practice, hopefully that will happen. That's happened a few times. Uh, with some of my articles in the past and I hope that with the Friday blog that continues to happen. So if you haven't checked out five guidelines to make your best work easier, do do so. It's It got some uh, people telling me that it was useful. Also, I was planning on publishing a small uh, addition to Books of Zamera. So for those of you who don't know, um, I write primarily on a platform called Substack now. I've imported my podcast and my blog and everything there. And Substack supports um, paid subscriptions. And so I just set it up thinking, you know, eventually two, three years down the line, somebody would subscribe. Within a month, I got four paid subscribers. And the first one when I got, I, got, I was so uncool about it uh, that I sort of panicked. I had eventually planned for a separate paid section of my website where, you know, paid subscribers get a little extra stuff. And I had planned for that to be fiction. So that is Books of Zamera. Zamera is my D&D world of my own creation. Uh, it continues to evolve and um, I write short form fiction from in-world authors and I offer that as a paid subscription. So right now there are just two short pieces of fiction there. I was writing a third one. That's about 50% done. Couldn't finish it over the weekend. We'll finish it hopefully this week and publish it and add it to the thing. So if you're interested in fiction, uh, right now there's not a lot. But I'm hoping to expand that into a huge library, like 200 short form fiction, like 12, 13 page books, books in air quotes um, that sort of highlight this new world and like give different values and different sort of a, a fantasy world different from your own. Right. And to explore that through in-world authors, I thought was an interesting way of doing it. So the third one called The Mischievous in the Shadows will be published hopefully this week. Uh, and then today's episode 
is with Pradeep Jr. Uh, fun fact, this is the first interview I recorded with the new format. Uh, you you may have heard the new format in last week's episode with Uttara. Uh, so still sort of trying something new. Pradeep is a very cool guy. I think that's the way to describe him. I, I describe him as chill tense. He's both chill and intense. Uh, he's got a very unique cadence, endlessly creative person. And uh, it was a pleasure sitting down to talk with him so he's he was my latest tattoo artist we did a forearm tattoo for me which if you're on substack you can scroll down or if you're in the email you can scroll down and see the tattoo i put the image there a beautiful piece that he did on my forearm across uh, two sessions and so i took the opportunity to get him to sit down with me and do the show and it's a very fun conversation about a guy who's sort of in his own space in his own like flow um, but tries his best to be open and inviting and um, work with people. Uh, really loved this conversation and hope you enjoy it too. Cool, so I'll record an intro later, but uh, our first question, the introduction, Pradeep, who are you, what do you do, and what is your current side project? Uh, I'm a tattoo artist. That's my main profession. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, uh, who am I? I'm a tattoo artist. So what do I do, right? That, yeah. That's that's the main thing. I, I produce art, man. Uh, so main thing, I'm a tattoo artist, but at the same time, I think of myself as a craftsman. Mm. Uh, the reason why I say craftsman is because I I do tattooing, which is like one of my favorite parts, which pays for my uh, bills and everything. At the same time, I do... A lot of craft work. I'm a, I'm a carpenter. I can I can um, fix motorcycles and stuff. I'm good with electronics. I'm good with a uh, lot of building props and things like that. So it's a lot of activity on daily basis. I usually um, do my own thing. You know, do your own um, uh, DIY. That's what do do your own thing. Yeah. So yeah, and like we and we are in your like beautiful studio. I've been here a few times now. And I was surprised when you told me that uh, you constructed some of these tables. All the artwork is yours. Yeah. So uh, tell me, like, do you is it that you like working with your hands, or do you like the challenge of something? What motivates you to be an artist? It's actually true. Yeah, the challenge of something is always something that motivates me towards a goal, like achieving something, like building a table or something. At the same time, I get to use my hands, which is a great thing. Actually, I'm, I'm I've always been a hands-on person, you know, since a young age. Because I really remember I, 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 I built my own toys mostly. Yeah, I don't know if people say this or not. I, I, ha- I don't have a memory of buying toy, toys at all. Like I built my own stuff since the age of, I don't know, maybe seven years old, something like that. Yeah. So this is how it's always been for me. It's a very natural programming in my head saying, um, if I do this, I'm going to do a better job than someone else. I don't mean offense to anyone. A lot of skilled people out there and everything. But they're really expensive, man. So if I'm good at something, why not just use my own hands and do my own thing? And it's it's uh, every time I walk into my office, also I feel great about it because I I I built this studio. I know where everything is, every screw is, every nail is. How I can modify it and change it is all on me. So this way I can uh, I like I I would like to say that I like to control my own environment a little bit more right. so that I can stay in my bubble. You know, build your own bubble so you can you can live inside it and make your own thing. But be welcome 
coming to everyone else. Yeah, that's how people are invited to come and see my work. So this yeah, is and, and you've told me that like a bunch of other people have you know come here temporarily, worked here. I know you work very regularly. A lot of artists. I recently got a tattoo done by you. You got my mom got a tattoo done by yeah. you. Yeah. So what is it about like other people? How do you think about them? Like you said, you want to be welcoming. Um, how do you think about it? Like how, what what's your relationship like with other people around you? Uh. I really don't know man I've never analyzed it before mm. at at the end of the day anyone who walks into my door I want them to walk out happy it don't mean in a very uh, uh you know cliche way you know what I mean yeah. people being happy don't mean that I'm going to make them laugh and I'm going to fake something and make them happy and just send back home no if I've genuinely produced something from my heart so this is how it works for me Yeah I I believe in this stuff though. I say I'm going to pour my heart out there and do everything in my potential to help a person. If something comes back to me it's totally fine. If nothing comes back to me I'm still okay with it because I've done my job right I'm going to sleep well. That's a very basic principle behind what I deal with people with also. You must have spoken to me dude. Uh, I believe in being uh, assertive not mm. recalcitrant. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Let's again. Um, recalcitrance is someone who is going to just impose their ideas on you. Being assertive is standing your point, saying that you know what, I'm I'm doing this right for you, so don't worry about it. You'll have to trust me on this one. Something like that. Yeah. Awesome. So we are going to dive into each of these things now in the next questions, in the next sections. Yeah. Break. And our second question, Pradeep, like you said, uh, your day job is being a tattoo artist. When did you get started? how did you learn and why do you think you've kept this as your profession and not something else um i've done 36 jobs in my life okay yeah and um i've been working since the age of 16 i'm 35 now i've worked for more than half my life and um but the tattooing came uh, during my teenage years probably i was in high school or something i used to watch the show in the early 2000s saying miami ink mm-hmm. which came on everyone knows about it you know what i uh, yeah so um i'm talking about miami ink this is when i was in high school i used to live in a small house dude i used to live in a small house where we had a 7 by 7 hall you know and uh, we had a tv there and we were five of us we were just jammed in it and we used to watch tv every day like all the family and everything right but i i remember at all the time i used to switch to one channel that is uh, mostly histo- historical stuff history channel has always been my favorite channel of all time the reason i speak well is because i i watch that tv i see a lot of american stuff and english speaking and everything so it came to me very naturally so during this watching of the thing there was a show called Miami Ink again i saw it man i saw i i uh, i saw a miami ink for the first time i saw a tattoo being done and everything i was uh, just mesmerized out my jaws were dropped by but basically my jaws dropped i saw someone start on like ah in it i said who's going to do that and how do they do it and and all these questions in my head So later I I just moved forward so basically I did my high school I got a job I started working again and everything so fast forward I was 19 years old 18 years old yeah late 18 so 
during this time i was already involved in it and studies and job and everything at by the age of 18 because i've been working since 16 so at the age of 18 i got a job because of my experience and everything so i was going to college during the day working in the evening and getting barely any sleep in the night and things like that this kind of frustrated me a lot because saying that i really was a creative person in my high school and everything i was inspired by a lot of drawing i drew all my life i've been a painter since i was like probably 2 years old or something like that so i've always been always been artistic so this kind of knocked me back saying that it's all about money and this partying and just going out and coming back home and there's nothing that's left of me anymore you know i'm right. i've overwritten myself again so at this time what i did is i I thought about tattoo a lot. Like I said that you know what I have the money to do a tattoo or something like that. So I might as well do something exciting and just see where it goes. So I started googling people um, in Bangalore for tattoo artists. I said uh, tattoo artists in Bangalore. So I uh, I saw only two of them. One is Pradeep Menon and there is another fellow in Commercial Street. No, Church Street. Um so these two were the only guys but i saw their work and everything i was that kind of impressed and everything but i said uh, you know what i'm not going to get a tattoo i'm going to do one myself and i'm going to buy a machine and all these things it took about 3 months in 2008 for me to get my machines it stayed in customs and everything i had to go to post office clear all these things and everything um like documentation and everything i got my machines dude The day I got my machines, you know what happened? I didn't know how to tattoo, man. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah, I didn't even know how to put it together. You know. Then I really started looking up every YouTube video. By the time I had a computer at my home, I had internet and everything. So I started looking up more information about these things. So I downloaded all the episodes of my make. I watched each and every episode of it. I said, "How do they do it?" I was I was more focused on the psychology of behind uh, the scenes. You know, I wasn't interested in who walks into the store. Yeah, it can be. It can be sure, yeah. There are pretty people and everything walking in mm. and all that stuff. It's okay. I'm not interested in that, dude. I want to know like how does that guy do her tattoo or his tattoo? How does he draw it and things like that? How does he so, think about it? Exactly. How does it? How does how does an approach to a customer work too man some yeah. people are really emotional and some people are really held back you have to bring certain balance in both you know a very yeah. emotional person you may have to calm them down a little bit another person is someone who doesn't have any approach at all you ask them do what do you like you like playing guitar do you like playing music you go playing football or things like that so these are the things i was interested in so i can give them the best of what i can you know imagination doesn't come just by thinking about something you know you have to have a lane to approach to to get to a destination yeah. you know you have to pick the lane of a person and then go to there reach reach with them to their destination you what know, was your them. impression of me these like past two sessions that we did this huge tattoo on my forearm you good dude yeah you just you uh, uh, the thing that you knew what you wanted very much that's very important for me because you know uh, like you told me saying that dude this is what the feel i'm going for and these things matter the most for me because my job is to do your tattoo well to my knowledge to my job is to make it look so good that people would just say like this is the right tattoo but the story behind it is your choice you are the one who's going to talk about it a lot yeah. and the, that's why i told you when you were when you were telling me i'm like dude i want it like this i like that. i said like dude i got it don't worry about it i'll draw something for you check it out and then we'll modify and make changes to it this is the way communication works so one point about our communication was very clear man this is what makes sense to me also this is what teaches me about people saying that this guy is right about speaking about his ideas and presenting himself so probably that's when i guess and okay this guy 
can speak well and he can you this you write so this is your basic job right so yeah. that's basically how i understand people though. so yes, that way that way i can say that you know your job well just like i do thank you so much and yeah. i was really impressed with your process because it's a little different from how other artists do it i've seen a lot of artists prepare the design they'll spend a separate day drawing it and um approving it back and forth and then one day to ink it and you like to do it start to finish in one session you draw in one session and then you say let's let's sit down and you chill <laughs> i've described you before as chill tense right you're like yeah dude we'll figure it out you draw it you sit down and you ink it and yeah. it takes us like six eight hours to a session sure. and we did it exactly so tell me more about that like why do you like to do it in one day uh how do you fall into the flow of it and what yeah, do you dude, do? yeah i'll tell you about this there's a time I've tattooed for 24 hours straight. I woke up at 7 a.m. and I went back home and I slept for like three days straight after that. I did not have the memory of anything that happened for the next three days because I was so worked with it. This is back in 2000, maybe 14, mm-hmm. 15, something like that. So then I, uh, I was doing the same thing, dude. I was uh, always... Um, tattooing a lot like uh, 12 hours a day maybe more actually then i really thought about it i thought about one thing dude why am i doing this that's my question i really have those questions in my mind that's what makes me a little more confident that i i, I kind of in the i'm in the right lane you know i ask myself all these questions one again and again once in a while you know like just regroup myself and just get back to the action again so during regrouping i ask myself why am i doing this I said, I really like doing it. Simple as that. That's the only answer I had in my head. So that's when I said, you know what? If I really like doing it, I should treat it like a nine to five job. Simple as that. I do not want to think about this when I go home. I would probably want to play video games, make dinner, sleep well, instead of talking to people 24 hours and just... That way I'm enslaving myself to something that I really like doing enslaving is not the right thing actually yeah because there's an element Having of the control time for it, exactly yes. making a time for making it so you enjoy it. it more than it becomes a burden on you that's what made me change that's what i told you i must have told you also i treat it like a nine to five job yeah but i like to give my hundred percent which has actually worked out brilliant this has been my policy since 2016 and i've tr- i've tattooed in nine different countries since then same approach and I, my work has just gotten better and better and better and better and better. Yeah, I mean, it's about like the dedicated practice, right? So uh, I, I tell people I was working from home before it was cool because I was working for, uh, from home for five years from 2014 yeah. to 2019. And you have to sort of set your own times and take charge of it because otherwise, you know, like you start losing days and you're not doing anything right. until you make a dedicated practice out of it. So I, like I was very impressed. You told me, I think, Within five minutes of meeting me, you told me I treated like a nine to five, and I'm like, good, I got a good artist here. Yeah, true, man. That's that's how it is, dude. When you have people coming to you, also you have to be aware of it, right? I'm very aware of it, dude. dude you are the one who's paying for my bills, not me, man. Yeah, I'm the, just a middleman who's just trying to conduct some business and make something for myself, which is like the outcome of the art for me. Then comes the money and all that stuff. So if you if you see my office also, you never feel like you're at a tattoo studio or a commercial place or anything. It's very relaxed, very quiet. I have cats coming in and going and all those things. So it's um, very natural that way. You know, you need to give people an opportunity to connect to you instead of look up to you or just uh, 
be uh, um, like a submissive to you. You know what I mean? You people do have that these days, man. If I tell someone that this is not the right way of doing something, they really do get get offended. When you put them in a very friendly environment and say the same thing in a better way, they probably understand more. Yeah, like it give them the space to express themselves, but then exactly. lead them. to a good outcome exactly yeah. true yeah that's the way it is yeah that's how i work i i like that leadership aspect of yourself like it's is definitely something you work on and we're going to discuss that in the next section definitely so my third question to you uh, about your fitness uh, i've seen like there's a huge barbell here in the studio there's ankle weights you've told me that you're a crossfit artist and you're definitely in shape so tell me more about that um why is that important to you uh how do you go about it and how do you like balance uh, pushing yourself and recovery and those sort of things yeah so crossfit happened to me just before covid so when it was probably covid started in um covid started in a little um a, a march april maybe something like that in march, 2020 yeah, yeah. yeah. so i uh, i started doing crossfit in december jan something like that um So basically I before CrossFit I couldn't do much for 3 years because I was a bodybuilder for 2012 2013 and 2014 I was really good at it too because mm. I really started doing bodybuilding because I had a lot of uh, kidney stones and all these issues You used to compete right I I did compete yeah, yeah a few times I have certificates and stuff yeah true um This happened to me in my mid twenties, like probably twenty four, twenty five, something like that. So, a reason I went to fitness is because I, I, I was like, dude, I was partying every day, man. I don't remember three years of my life. It was all blackout every <laughs> evening. Yeah, yeah. I feel great about drinking and things like that. I said, dude, like this is not the way I want to go. You know, every six months I get a medical issue. I go to the hospital. I get a little more stressed out and things like that. I said, okay, let me just start something. I'm gonna go back to the gym. I was always a fit person since the age of 16 i've been fit yeah but this few years in between that kind of put me off and things like that i said no i have to go back to it when i went back to it man i'm never i've never stopped basically it it felt like i was in high school again i'm doing my own thing again every day i dedicated an hour even if it's raining i would still cycle for like 20 minutes i still remember that i still remember putting my raincoat on and going to my cardio sessions and things like that So it started from there, and um, I got to the peak of the best condition in my life, strength-wise and everything. During this time, I never uh, trained with a formal coach before. Right. So four years of bodybuilding just by myself, nutrition. I figured out pretty much everything on my own. But one thing was, I lifted so heavy at times. Yeah, I still remember I used to squat 135 kilos. like for like three reps and things like that mm. but the problem is that i didn't know how to deload my cns all these things central nervous system is a big deal yeah and i still remember i did like a full on transformation for like a month to 45 days where i just lost like 4 kilos very good muscle conditioning and all those things but the intensity was very high i used to lift very heavy during this time when i went i after the thing i went to a vacation to Sri Lanka where I found out that I have a disc slip. This is in the beach when I was swimming. And then I got out of the beach my left leg started going numb my ears started getting tensed and everything. I came back home and I found out that my disc is slipping is pressing against my nerves and the right. low back. So I have sciatica. Now sciatica disabled my left leg 
with numbness, like 90% numbness for a year straight after that. Mm-hmm. So during this time, I did everything, yoga and everything, trying to figure out and everything. And I took everything really slow for another few years, not mm-hmm. like one year or so. So basically, how much of bodybuilding I did, I rested that much later after the injury. So I really thought my career is over and everything. I, I really did. I really did. I used to probably deadlift like 40, 50 kilos for a few reps. I was in good shape and everything. But at the end of the day, I wanted something to simulate, stimulate my body more. So I saw this documentary on uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's called Redeem and Dominant. It's about CrossFit. This happened to me uh, in 2018, somewhere in mid-time, uh, mid-2018, August or something like that. That's when I was getting out of my back injury. Also, I was feeling a little better too. Yeah. I said, why not just go give it a try, you know? I signed up for a box. I went yeah. and they taught me some weightlifting stuff. And uh, that's it, man. Since then, 2018, and I started doing it Jan 1st. I had some medical issues in between. I grew so fast into CrossFit that uh, right now, yeah, I'm really good at it, dude. I'm, I'm one of the really good ones out there, yeah. So, so from what I know of CrossFit... Um, and you can correct me is yeah. how it works is there's a there's a workout of the day and it changes every day so that you don't get bored True. and it's focused on a lot of explosive training power training True. rather than strength and stability it's more about like being able to explode off your feet and be fast and be agile um, did I get that right? Actually, people say that we do actually more conditioning like bodybuilding stuff Every week, we yeah. do actually, which is probably there's something called as a deload day mm-hmm. that's on Thursdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. This is this is where all the elite CrossFit people do their bodybuilding and conditioning stuff. Mm-hmm. So the, basically, we try to incorporate all these things. We use a lot of complex movements. That's very uh, and which is inspired mostly by Olympic weightlifting and gymnastics. Yeah, so snatches, and snatches, muscle ups, muscle ups, and things like that. Things. So which is a great way of conditioning your body because. Um, I'll tell you one example about CrossFit. CrossFit makes me do this. Whenever I lose my house keys, I, I, I don't lose them. Basically, I leave them inside the house, lock myself out. Mm. You know what I do? I just climb the building and get up. Simple <laughs> as that. It's not yeah. even that easily climbable though. It's a little hard to yeah. just get from one You do need to another. be fit to be able to climb exactly. a building. Exactly. So the muscle up helps there. So yeah. all I have to do is muscle up to a wall. It's super duper good to do it because all I have to do is tie something to my waist and get but get down the same way. So there's yeah. a general misconception or conception that CrossFit is very dangerous. Like it's people get injured. Um, how important is it in like your circles for safety and making sure that? Yeah, uh, CrossFit is mostly a community sport. Yeah, CrossFit, CrossFit is not something that you just do by yourself at your home. You can do CrossFit at your home. That doesn't mean that um, you can do everything at your home. Like you cannot just lift 100 kilos over your head at home, man. You'll smash your floors, dude. Yeah. Then your owners will come running behind you with your sticks and stuff. Yeah, they'll ask <laughs> yeah. you to vacate and everything, you know. So what happens here is these kind of things need to be trained under a coach who's done it before and things like that. If you're not capable of lifting 5 to 10 kilos over your head, how do you expect to lift? 60 to 100 kilos without proper guidance and experience and so that's why crossfit is a community sport and where you get to only train with coaches they decide what you do for the day there's also your decision too saying that this is how i feel today i'm gonna keep my goal 
for today to be this and you can personalize yourself yeah. otherwise it's always to, good to do it under a coach that's where you can avoid injuries had you been doing all by yourself and things like that you cannot just do a complex movement like a weightlifting or gymnastics olympics is olympics because it's the elite of everything yeah. so you need a person who knows about things to help you with it and that. every workout is like scalable to your skill level exactly right? true yeah. that's what i was trying to say too by i'm just trying to break it so scalable you understand because you go to the gym had i been speaking to a layman at home they, they cannot do that that's where the whole weightlifting thing comes in you yeah. cannot lift 100 kilos at home you can still go like 5 to 10 kilos with something that's how scaling works from 100 to 5 kilos you can scale it every number in between yeah, so i'll quickly explain scaling in workouts to people it's basically based on your body weight strength level and general fitness you will take a percentage of your body weight in the weights you use for different exercises so it might be 10 20 25% if you're doing the bigger lifts like deadlifts and squats you might aim for 100% 150 200% eventually if you hit 200% you're you're pretty elite like you're starting to get into the elite zone if you hit 2x your body weight True. but yeah so like everything becomes a percentage of your strength and then it's non competitive with other people right That's you're true. competing yeah, with yourself you're really competing your, with yourself and also for example there if there's a workout that has 20 pushups if you're not capable of doing 20 pushups you can scale it down to 20 knee pushups where you yeah. rest your knee then do pushups if you cannot do that you can push up knee pushups to 10 you can just try to hold yeah. a push up position for 5 to 10 seconds you can scale keep be scaled down all the way till down here yeah. so it's um in the community setup it works a lot because you see someone lifting 100 kilos at the same time you're lifting someone who's lifting same weight like you yeah yeah that's super cool man and i'm really happy like to see um somebody you, you i come across as somebody who's very disciplined and again this is like my lead up into the next section where we're going to talk about your principles so yeah, we'll sure. do that now yeah it's recording yes it's recording cool okay. uh so question 4 generally i ask is uh what are three principles you follow in your life and how uh, can you convert them into three pieces of advice for the listeners so let's start with the first one what what do you think is the most important personality trait for you i will yeah man the, uh, just a while ago i mentioned the same thing personality trait is something that i uh, don't look for in every person which has become a uh thing but my advice to anyone is this um Yeah, same thing as just while be ago. assertive. Be yeah. assertive and don't be recalcitrant. That's what it means. Uh basically I'm I'm be so good that you can stand up for your values. Values can change for everyone. There's a there's a term called uh thamma chakka pavartana sutta. Yeah, it's from Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Thamma chakka pavartana sutta means setting the wheel of doctrine in motion. That's what Mark Gautam Buddha said. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you have a bunch of principle, doctrine is nothing but your principles in life. Every morning you wake up, set them on a wheel and just keep it running. Simple as that. If you really believe in your values, two things you'll not never do, man. You'll not lie and you'll sleep well. Simple as that. These two things are very important for me. If I don't lie for the day, if I don't do anything wrong, I'm going to sleep so well. It's going to make me happy. Once you have addiction to doing this, things will just work right in your life you'll not have many expectations out of things because you'll just be doing you right which is more important to me focus on yourself but 
be welcoming to everyone that's the next thing you were telling me i uh, will we'll get in the second one but first one it's interesting like the way you described being assertive right i describe as being competent a lot of other people describe as loving yourself it's interesting how the same ideas can be expressed so differently by different people True. and yeah. like you understand that as an artist i understand that as a writer um but i like the way you framed it like be assertive in the sense of have your own goals and chase them honestly right like take control of your life and that's true uh but like you were going into the second one which is being open right that's exactly so right. tell me about that the second one be open to things uh cuz there's another thing man the reason i'm good at what i do is what i believe in is because i know i'm i'm hard working really hard Mm-hmm. that's that's very important uh, the way i learned this is by losing to several opportunities in my life because i knew i didn't work hard enough and things like that mm-hmm. so this is where i was welcoming to other things i could have been angry on someone else saying like, yeah dude that guy is cheating and maybe he's doing something wrong and that's why he's successful and never took that that guy who's driving a ferrari will make me happy i'll go with a smile saying like, yeah dude i'm really happy about your success now tell me about it how did you do it exactly i want to learn something from you that's my approach always bro i have a tattoo dedicating that i have a dirty looking uh, looking hanya mask hanya mm-hmm. mask is a japanese character a woman so jealous she grew horns i put a woman's face on me with horns and look at her face it's so ugly dude yeah. every I'm time familiar. i look at the tattoo it makes me feel that i sh- I, sh- i don't want to be hanya simple as that and never be a hanya and that's when i was in my early 20s and i've always been the same man and i've noticed like openness is a general trait in the tattoo industry now i've i've met i think about four or five different artists now all of them are open i've met arpita uh, who's yeah, a friend of yours she brilliant. did my first two yeah. tattoos mm-hmm. um as the commu- like as, how is it like being part of the community you said to me that you're not super uh, into the local scene at the moment but like just from your general perception of how most tattoo artists are uh tell me about how openness becomes a very important factor in that community see one thing is that there's uh i feel there's more of a people community i i let me be very specific here there's no community when it comes to tattoo artists in my books man there's no community everyone is some kind of envy towards someone some kind of a competitive it's, spirit exactly i've never had that dude mm-hmm. i really don't man i'll walk into anyone's tattoo shop man i don't give a shit i'm i'm forgetting my language but yeah i don't give a shit man i'll walk into your studio i would love to see what you do how you tattoo why you tattoo and things like that i'm interested in a person that's about it the tattoo part is later it's the byproduct of it so this is where the community is more i'll tell you one thing the reason i'm successful as a tattoo artist as people and customers like you bro no other tattoo artist any contribution towards my life seriously mm. so this is where i focus on learning things and learning about people and things like that i do have tattoo artist friends these are friends for like years dude when we started together we were all struggling together this is where we pick up friends from and these are the only tattoo artist friends bro i have not made though that many friends and i don't think any successful tattoo artist have uh, that much time to socialize and get into a community you have your scene. friends like you have the friends you need i do i yeah. do but one thing successful tattoo artists will always want to be with successful tattoo artists you yeah. don't want to be 
Yeah, in I other mean, terms, you are yeah. the sum of the people that you surround yourself with. Exactly, is what I'm saying. So yeah. you don't want to go to any community and just merge into it because it's just not necessary. Yeah. But that being said, <laughs> like I know that you've previously opened out your studio for other tattoo artists to come yeah. in, and yeah. like Arpita did my second tattoo here. True. And so, like you maintain that openness, uh, the lack of envy towards other artists. Um, what does it mean to you to be able to provide a space for other people practicing their craft? Providing a space is a big thing in tattoo community. It's too huge. Either you have to be really good friends, very uh, with good rapport with some tattoo artists to be able to work in their studio, mm-hmm. or you have to be so good that your portfolio speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. And these are the only two ways I've seen uh, getting into a tattoo shop. The reason I welcome is... Um, I know a few tattoo artists that are really, really good, man, who would like to come and say that, bro, I, I'm, I'm bored at my city. I would like to come by Bangalore and do some tattoos. I'm like, yeah, you're welcome. So that's how it's always been for me. And I've had people come in and go and things like that. But every that way I learned a lot. Maybe some people don't want to come back. Maybe I don't want them to come back. Yeah, that's also there. That's definitely there. And uh, some people you get along with. And they keep coming back again and again. Simple. Yeah, this, this is how everyday life is also. And in tattooing, I think it's just exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. So you've given me two values. Be assertive, be open. Give me a third one. Uh, I would I would talk about something about health. Since we are Go always into fitness and things like that. Keep uh, it a little closer. Yeah. There was a time in my life, uh, 17, 18, something like that, I... I, I, I I broke up with several women in like a couple of years time, okay? So, basically what happened is, yeah, I was mentally in a very bad stage. Things were not going well for me and things like that. And then I really started having um, issues with my health. Basically, I couldn't eat well and things like that. So, I went to a doctor, just like everyone. But I... I like older people. Mm-hmm. I like doctors that are like 60, 70 years old plus yeah. because they've been doing it for a while. They and know they, what they're they doing. They understand everything yeah. uh, from like um, pre-millennial people and like they've, they've seen the bridge between both of us, you know. I went to a doctor and he I, I told him my condition saying that, bro, like I'm, I'm fit, I'm good, but I cannot eat. I'm, I have burps every day. I'm, I'm gasping for breath and things like that, but I'm, I'm well. I'm, I'm, I look good, but I'm a little shaky here and there and things like that. Uh, he said one thing. Um, it's, there's nothing wrong with your body. There's something wrong with your head. I said, you're right, dude. He said, he told me one logic. Keep your head clean so your stomach is clean. Always keep your stomach clean so your head is clean. So this is a very good advice that I got. So the mentally, if you're fit enough, you will feel like eating food and living life like a regular person. If you eat well, your mind will feel good because you're feeding each other at the same time. So since that time, I've always eaten well, slept well, had nine to five job policy, everything. So this has helped me a lot. So basically what I'm trying to say is eat well and think well. That's really important. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like a lot of people who struggle with weight issues, I've struggled with weight issues yeah. in the past, is... We don't is because we don't have a good relationship with food, and if you think about it, everyone needs to have a relationship with food because we all eat three times a day, or That's we try true. to at least. Some of us are fortunate, and some exactly. of us are not fortunate true. to have it. But you know, like 
everybody needs to have a relationship with food so how has your relationship with food like you said you went to the doctor but uh how is your relationship with food now yeah but but my issue wasn't the relationship with with food my was more of a mental thing you know mental thing, but yeah. i've uh i've always eaten well mm. i've had the same breakfast for last 12 plus years what's your breakfast so uh, my breakfast is oatmeal and uh tasteless uh, way no taste oatmeal and tasteless way you do not like uh, you do not have to eat like pradeep to be healthy i'm just That's letting true. you know like exactly, he's yeah. intense uh no but, but, but this this happened to me a while ago mm-hmm. uh, like when i started doing uh, fitness and everything i said um, i i wrote in a book said i'm going to eat the same meal every day i've still followed the same yeah, thing i remember but you used to be the, like on brown rice and chicken breast sure, something or, like that yeah and also i uh, that was later but uh, i said i wrote in a book saying that i'm going to eat one meal for the rest of my life that's going to be the same and it's been the same so that's this it's probably a mental establishment of a situation saying that you know what i control my food yeah food it, as a routine it's, a, it's you, you can say that it's yeah. a morning routine that true. you like set and you have it and then it helps you that's set true. up your day for the rest of the day i eat biryani and stuff yeah Sometimes. like you enjoy yourself i do i do i love my food dude that's what makes me work so hard at the gym also man i really eat a lot and work very hard yeah, yeah. as long as you being reasonable with yourself exactly you're having exactly true yeah you know, that's the way it is most of your meals are healthy and you allow yourself a few meals exactly here and there that's true. all you need that's really. how it works for me yeah healthy don't mean you have to keep it bland and things like mm. that think about things that you eat don't add too many spicy things all at once once in a day is fine rest of the time low a little cooler and warmer if you're eating something spicy complement it with some yogurt or something like that yeah. don't go with the feeling of having something burning in your body that's the worst thing on earth so if you stay away from the burning sensation hmm. you're good to go because you'll feel better uh, a little lighter in the head also yeah so you mentioned uh, mental issues now i'm very open about mental issues i've done, i've had psychologists and psychiatrists on my podcast because i myself have like unfortunately recurring depression yeah uh, how open are you uh, to talk about your mental health and everything i i'm very open about go it man it, uh, like like yeah uh, i I honestly I'm, I'm always fit and I'm I'm dealing with people and things like that but my uh when I see someone else dude my my uh, with a lot of depression and mental health issues you know how it works to yeah. this day I I I've done tattoos on 55000 plus people in 12 years man mm. every day is a new session and I, every day I'm having a new conversation Yeah. So in this situation I feel I'm way better because I'm at least able to talk to people understand what they like and dislikes and all these yeah. things it makes me put the put myself in their shoe being empathetic is more important having sympathy is not necessary dude it's not necessary I don't want to feel sad for anyone else dude but putting myself in their shoes makes me a little more humble saying that I understand where you come from and I'll be able to give it back to you this is what everyone should have instead of showcasing whatever it is you know what I mean So what we are trying to do here is really really easy. So basically what I'm trying to do is um give people such a good advice saying uh do the right thing. Do the right thing means um i'm sorry that's just put me off yeah a customer bit. came in i uh, that's right we'll talk to you in a minute yeah, oh, that's okay no worry about it so where was i before this dude i was just um i've lost the plot as well now uh, you're talking about like how are you you talking about mental health right yeah that meeting people every day is allowing you to like experience it and exactly. the empathy of it is help, helping you feel better like that fitness helps a lot it's a community based sport and everything so keep yourself occupied and uh next thing you know what i'm saying is 
um, stop your phone. Simple as that. I have a policy where I don't use phones after 9 p.m. Mm. I don't respond to texts after 10 p.m. So basically, I if something's important, I might pick the call. Otherwise, I don't. The screen time really helped me uh, stay yeah, away from It's a good boundary for you. Exactly, true. Because the more you're uh, stimulated in your head, the more you get. That's just a small other advice. But one more thing, man. Uh, suicide rates in men are going up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. So a lot of people talk about men and they say man up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you want to say something emotional to a friend, they say man up. No one says speak up, dude. Yeah, that's how it is. So if you feel good, bad, anything about something, if you feel a little more suicidal, yeah, it's a very normal thing. So no problems at all. But speak up. I would rather have a friend die. Not die. Not die. Not die. I'd rather have a friend come and cry on my shoulder instead. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep. that's how it works. So we'll, we won't take a break for question five since you have a customer. Uh, yeah. The fifth question, last question is um, where can people find you? How can people come uh, meet you, get uh, tat- that get tattoos by you? Uh, yeah, plug plug your Instagram. I'm in Indranagar every day. Um, Instagram is L, that's E-L underscore Chels, so C-H-E-L-S-O. Seven. seven yeah this is my handle uh, that means superhero in my own language el chelso seven yeah, yes yeah. yeah so this is where you can find me yeah i'm here all day guys i work alone so there's not much barrier in between yeah, people, like, so I don't it is a... very easy reaching out to him like i saw his work i i met him before i was I like cool i'll just reach out to him and he said yeah come in one day and we'll like discuss it and we, very quickly we got it done it took two sessions for us september 30th and then yesterday we are recording this on the 23rd of october wow it's 23rd already yeah dude. Wow, <laughs> time flies yeah I know. but yeah uh it's been fantastic talking to you pradeep thank you so much for spending the time with me uh, i'll let you know when the episode comes out but Definitely. please do check out his work on instagram lchelso7 i've linked uh, linked it under the episode as well so that you can find it easily and we'll bring you more everyday people next time Say bye, thank Pradeep. you thank you grazie grazie mille and that was the interview with Pradeep Jr did you enjoy it I hope you did and now the mailbag this week I have two questions one a stock that I prepared beforehand and the other a short letter from Bhavna our friend of the show who made the theme song if you want to write in to the show, send a short letter, ask a question. I actually made a form in the description. You can click there and submit your question. Super easy. Help me. Help me make this mailbag a thing. On to our questions. Number one, stock question from Raksha. How do you stay consistent, Webhav? Now, I don't think I am consistent, but I have to remind myself that I'm my own harshest critic. And therefore, I should not listen to my opinion about myself. I should see feedback from other people. And that's a good tip for yourself. Like, stop judging yourself. Uh, Before I give you my top tips, I think uh, my top achievements in consistency. uh, I've written a daily journal for over 800 days. uh, Started in September 2020. I've got a near 200-day streak on Duolingo learning uh, Spanish. Started just before my birthday this year. And um, I've been publishing the podcast and a blog every week for seven weeks consistently. And then beyond that, Everyday People, this is episode 114 over over six years now, started in 2016. So, I mean, there were liberal breaks in between, but the fact that I'm still doing it. So here are my top three tips to remaining consistent. Uh, number one, make it easier. Uh, so for example, 
my journal it's a daily journal but i don't write daily like i record every day but i am actually sitting down and writing it every 3 or 4 days or so and i'm catching up in bulk because writing daily is difficult i'm already writing so much on a daily basis as a professional writer sometimes i don't want to record my day especially on heavy days uh and the reason i start uh, you know so make it easier same with like the blog and stuff uh now i'm doing the blog on the morning that it's supposed to go out i'm doing the podcast on the morning that it's supposed to go out and because of that i don't meet the early publishing time like i want to publish every day people at 10 o'clock but it's not working out so just give yourself time and do it regardless you like um and make it easier the second tip is be aware of artificial uh difficulty modifiers that you're putting on your work so why do i want to publish at 10 o'clock because it sounds nice do i have to no do i have to write my journal every day no do i have to run at 4 o'clock in the morning no i can run at 7 or 10 based on my schedule right don't add uh, invisible difficulty modifiers for yourself find a way to make it happen third even if you miss a day right or a week or a month you you cannot uh, stop being consistent unless you give up right this is especially true of your fitness because fitness is a lifelong game but any other project that you have like everyday people have taken huge gaps like a year and a half gap nine month gap 10 month gap and just i bring it back and continue forward now the formats may change over time and i might go back and edit uh the titles of episodes to bring it to a consistent format but you don't have to do any of that like as long as you don't give up and keep doing you'll become consistent right uh my final tip find like spend some time talking to yourself about what you're getting out of it I don't do something if it's not bringing you some sort of joy. So for my journal, I realized that I was living my life in a way where I, I couldn't even remember what I did a week ago or or two days ago. I didn't like that, and so I just started writing, and eventually, like, just made it easier. I, occasionally, I sit down and go through my journal, like some of the older entries, and it's nice to see where I was, and nice to see that I have a history and a life that I'm living. With Duolingo. I actually started it to learn German but Spanish called me back because I have some history with Spanish and I thought yeah I just, I just you know it's a game let me try and do at least one lesson a day and maintain a streak and I've done that and with fitness now I'm 30 years old I feel my body starting to slow down and I've been an unhealthy weight all of my adult life and it's not acceptable anymore so you know find the benefit of it and keep that in mind and then you'll want to remain consistent so those are my top tips raksha i hope you found that useful second question from bhavna she wrote in a short letter hey webhav i'm thoroughly enjoying your new podcast especially the recent episodes with utra and urvi thank you i am looking forward to the new episodes I'm glad. My question for you is what sparked your interest in writing and when did you decide to pursue it professionally? Uh okay, so my interest in writing was awakened like at age 5 or 6 because I used to read books. Uh I am forever grateful to my mom for my interest in fantasy and all that. 
and the the way she built that interest is not just by reading to us or encouraging us to read it's the fact that she used to she used to compete with us to read so uh, when i was young the harry potter books were still coming out and uh, my dad doesn't read much but my sister me and my mom were all my sister my mom and i sorry were all competing to read the harry and we would get one copy and you know sometimes i had to borrow a book from a friend because you know my dad was too much of a cheapskate to buy me a book um but yeah like we had one copy and so what my mom used to do is she would call us insisting that it's dinner time and that we have to come to the dining table to eat and she would give us food and then run to the room and pick up the copy <laughs> so that she could read and it's just that like you know parents can tell you how to behave but uh, more often what you'll pick up is them showing you how how to behave and to see her excitement and enthusiasm to read that fostered in me a lifelong appreciation for books and uh reading and because i was reading a lot when i was younger i was like okay i want to write as well and i started i noticed that i enjoyed writing um during english exams like always the essay question so on the english exam day everybody was bloody relaxed like on english language exam day because how do you prepare for english language nobody ever prepared for it so i wanted to do something to prepare so i would carry with me a small pocket dictionary and i would you know open a random page and start reading words and pick out uh, two or three that i wanted to use in the essay as a challenge to myself I still remember I wrote an essay about a guy having meringues for breakfast even though I didn't understand what meringues were at that time. And I always like I was in a batch of very spectacular students. Um so I always felt very middling as a student in high school, but my essays always got the maximum that an English teacher would give you 16 out of 20. And so uh that I kept up that, you know, that desire to write it it was a mode of self expression as soon as i finished my class 12 boards i decided to start my blog so i started it in april 2011 uh, at the time it was called grammar mantis which is a bad name now it's called thorough and uncamp which is also a bad name um i wrote about my first blog post was this uh, essay about called postwar synopsis it's still available on my website on my substack and i wrote this idea of oh i just realized i'm not on holiday i'm an un- i'm unemployed after my class 12 like i don't have a destination yet i i need to find a college and get admission and all that um and then when i moved to bangalore for college i want i was i had this fresh wave of motivation and enthusiasm and i wanted to do a lot while i was in college so i was freelance working while i was in college part of that was writing copy for my cousin who had a business and she would pay me to write i'm like oh okay i can earn a little extra money by writing and uh, at the end of college 2014 uh for placements like i i have a computer science background and so i had sat down to become a developer for interviews but what i realized was uh, in christ university christ university being a, B, a second year college um bigger companies were coming to us not for development but for the ancillary jobs of testing or documentation and i got a job with oracle as a writer tech writer um they save i guess the developer jobs for more tier 1 colleges 
so i started doing that and i like okay cool whatever um for two years i did the job and as well, it was fine it was something that earned me money in 2016 when i joined toastmasters one of my earliest uh, colleagues in toastmasters who was a lot more senior to me she asked me to help her with uh, a speech and i'm like oh why do you want my help like you're so, so much more senior than me and she's like no you you know you're really good at writing you should write a book and those words like sort of just resonated with me like all the way forward and backward in my life and i realized oh shit i've always enjoyed writing oh shit i used to write essays with dictionary words oh shit i work as a writer i get paid to write i have stumbled into a job that is kind of like the adult version of a childhood dream and since then i've called myself a writer since 2016 and since then i've pursued it more professionally and i've tried to become better at it and i've done a lot more than just tech writing i've done tech writing i've done copywriting i've done content writing i've written ebooks and this and that blah 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 and that's where that love for it comes from as a childhood love that evolved into an accidental profession that i embraced so uh if that's interesting to you I hope uh, it inspires you to sit down and think about what you are doing and why you do it and uh hopefully like you know you find an identity in it. That's been it. That's the mailbag. Again, you can write into the show using the convenient form that I've placed in the description twice. Please do write into the show. I need questions for this segment. Uh a brief letter would be really nice. Now, moving on to the last segment, letters to myself. Letters to myself week of 27th November 2022 Hello Webber I've been working out with the trainer for the last 3 weeks and I can see changes to my body already It's wonderful Something strange happened yesterday though It was a conditioning and cardio workout something I've been averse to for years While we were pushing I started feeling the beginnings of an anxiety episode At the end of a cardio exercise, I was panting, and it felt like I was about to start panicking. But we are used to working through anxiety now after so many years of conscious practice. I was even able to push myself through a couple of extra rounds of cardio work before calling it to a stop. It was interesting, though, to see that anxiety is never too far away. It also explains why I don't like cardio. the heat and the heavy breathing feel the same as anxiety i have been unconsciously pulling myself away from it as a defense mechanism i realize now that i know this perhaps i'll be able to improve my historically weak stamina actually stoked about it i look up to brian danielson a wrestler not just as the quick-witted menace that he is <laughs> but that his skill and conditioning are so elite Wrestlers have unbelievable stamina and now with new information maybe I can chase after my role models a little better. Growth is just data analysis and persistence. Web of